Johnny, get your gun, get your gun, get your gun. Take it on the run, on the run, on the run. Hear them calling you and me, every son of liberty. Live from Amiens, France, this is the Pietist Schoolman podcast. This is uh, the second in our series of brief podcasts in which we talk to people who have gone on the World Wars in Western Europe trip that we're currently on, Sam Mulberry and me. Uh, so we're about halfway through our trip, and we've just completed our two days on the former Western Front of the First World War. So we are in Flanders in Belgium, and mostly around Vimy Ridge and the Somme in northern France, and spending the night in Amiens before we head to Normandy tomorrow. And so uh, in our first of these podcasts, we talked to a couple of people I know very well, my parents, uh, and I'm delighted to have a couple of people I don't know very well, Frank and Sue Rebchak of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I guess the question I want to start with, and I've, I've heard your answer to this, but I, I kind of like to document that. How do you find out about this trip? A lot of people we know kind of as family or former work connections or such, but uh, yours was an interesting connection. Uh, well, actually, I found your name through uh, a blog from a, another blogger, uh, John Fief, a history professor at Messiah College. And Messiah College is in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I also read one of his books, and so I, uh, he made the link to your uh, trip, and since Frank and I both enjoy American history, and I do have a connection, my grandfather fought in France um, during World War I, okay. and Frank and I, both of our parents fought in World War II, so uh, we became interested and wanted to get involved with the trip. Sure. So, Sue, so how much do you know about your uh, grandfather's experience of World War One? I? I know a little bit. I have, actually, I have um, quite a few papers of his, uh, discharge papers. I tried to write down the names of the battles or whatever he was in, and the only one that I could read really well was the Neuss-Argonne mm -hmm. Offensive. Yep. And there's a couple others, the writing I couldn't understand mm. on the form, and I know that um, he was part of a, his regiment was 112, uh, Company G, 112 ammunition train, and I assume that he helps uh, bring ammunition up to the front, mm -hmm. um, and I think they might have considered him part of a cavalry, because I do have a very large scroll-type picture that I have framed at home is probably five feet long, and it's uh, just men on horses. Mm -hmm. And he trained in, I think it was Alabama, and then he went to Liverpool and trained some more, mm -hmm. and actually trained again in f France. And I think that by the time uh, he actually fought, it was September. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just for the three months until the war was over. That's a pretty common story. Only yeah. about a half of American soldiers who enlisted ever made it to France, and mostly kind of in those last few months of the war. And so that he mm -hmm. saw that much action is fairly unusual by itself. Mm -hmm. uh, did I mean? Did you ever talk to him about his experience? I didn't. Okay. Um, uh, I wished I had, but mm -hmm. I was fairly young when he passed away. Mm -hmm. He was uh, in his early 70s when he died. Mm -hmm. But I do have a lot of photographs of him in his uniform, and I have a photograph of him with his unit. Mm -hmm. And he was a second lieutenant, and he had graduated college, and went. I, I would assume he volunteered for sure. service yeah. to do this. And um, so that's about all I know. 
Well, that's great. And, and Frank, Sue said both your parents had World War II connections, but what was your World War II familial uh, connection? Um, well, my uh, my dad fought in Italy, and he was in a, an artillery unit. Okay. And I know that he was in northern Italy, and uh, my dad rarely talked about his experience. I don't know much about mm-hmm. His, his service, but I do know that he visited Milan because he brought back postcards of uh, Milan, mm-hmm. and he talked about visiting Milan and some of the things that he did, and that was more the, of what I remember about what he, he uh, talked about sure. in World War II. And the other thing I remember is he, he said something about you don't have to worry about the shells you can hear or, you know, the shells, it's the shells that you can't hear or, or vice versa yeah. or something. But that stuck in my mind. Sure. Um, so I think actually quite a few people on the trip have a World War II family connection. But we started with two days on World War One, which for most Americans is probably a little less well known, a little more distant. So... You, know, you haven't had a lot of time to process the last two days, but as you think about what you've seen in Flanders yesterday or today with Vimy Ridge or the Somme, um, I guess I'll just start with what stands out to you? What was the most um, striking or interesting site you went to, memorial you saw, um, takeaway that you have so far? I guess what was striking about all of them is how many men um, were not accounted for their mm-hmm. bodies, how many were missing in action or, or whatever you want to say, the names on all the memorials of bodies not recovered. And um, it's just kind of shocking to know that so many men um, were so uh, maybe mangled or whatever you want to say in that dead zone between the trenches that they couldn't be identified. Yeah, I don't know the total number, but some of the sites we've been to, or Meningate last night is over 50,000, Teepfall today is over 70,000, the Canadian Memorial has 11,000 or so. Mm -hmm. I was really taken aback by that, and just um, how, when I thought of World War I, I I just think of the Western Front, or England, France, and the U.S. Mm -hmm. at the end, and forgetting that um, Britain had such a large uh, amount of colonies and uh, well they the others did too but just to have all those people involved in the war and mm-hmm. to see them it's impressionable Frank did you have something that stands out in your memory of the last couple of days well I, I think the biggest impact was just understanding better or having it hit home the human impact mm-hmm. of all the families that lost loved ones and uh, just how devastating it was because when when you study the history or you you see the documentaries it it doesn't uh, really have the impact of being there and standing in those cemeteries and uh, just some of the stories that our guide told us about mm-hmm. um, mothers and th- those types of things and I, I did have I did lose my my mother's brother was killed in the Battle of the Bulge. So I, mm-hmm. I do have mm-hmm. some personal understanding of the impact that that had uh, on my grandmother and throughout her life. Right. So, it, you know, the, just the magnitude of that uh, human impact that the war had. I, I was probably talking with my parents, but someone I was talking with last night 
just struck me there's this on the one hand the big numbers that you alluded to so just the sheer number of missing the sheer number of dead the wounded but um i think that would probably be lost in you after a while it would just be more numbers more numbers and then for me at least every time i come there's going to be an epitaph on a gravestone or our guide will tell a story that i'd forgotten or hadn't heard before and, and you realize this very intimate sense often of loss or of grief of mourning um of uncertainty and um, my kids are only nine so i haven't had to deal with that kind of loss quite yet but it's becoming easier for me to empathize with it now another part of this trip is simply travel and i know frank you've traveled quite a bit and, and sue you've traveled some as well uh, we're also going to neat cities like paris and munich so as you look ahead to what's left on the trip what are you especially um, looking forward to well we're uh, first uh, just a few comments about the uh, the trip so far in London, I think it had a great balance of free time, time on our own, time together, and uh, the kind of the stress-free process of having our hotels made and following you guys to the metro and that kind of thing. So <laughs> right. it made it a lot easier oh, to travel. Good. Yeah. And looking forward to Paris mm. and being in Paris, uh, having some free time, but also the same same type of well, just recommending the museums for us to see and so forth direction as to the right ones that um, I really enjoy that um, in London good I'm good. looking forward to that in Paris and also in Munich whatever we do there so um, it's really been a learning experience to experience the culture but just to understand I think I understand World War two a lot better than World War one. I don't remember being taught about World War One that much when I was in school. And in fact, even a lot of the documentaries that we watched, it's still, um, I still learned a lot more on this trip. Uh, our tour guide has been excellent. And, um, and you have two explaining the issues and so forth. So it's and a very good experience. I'm glad to hear it. And, um, you know, thank you for doing this podcast. Thank you for doing the trip. I, I'm, I mean, it struck me a few times the last two days. It's one thing to ask college students who are getting a grade to put up with this degree, not just of information, but the emotion that's involved. So I appreciate that your, your interest in doing this and interest in learning these kinds of things. You're so welcome. hope you enjoy the rest of the trip. Yeah. And yeah, we're really happy that we kind of, by happenstance, mm -hmm. to some extent, found you guys yeah. and we're uh, really enjoying it. Okay. Well, Sue and Frank Remchak, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back probably in a couple of days from Paris on the Pietist Schoolman podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be over, we're coming over, and we won't come back till it's over.